Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. It is the big show. Happy Thursday, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you so much for making a part of it. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon, how are you today? I'm fantastic, uh, Jake, sir. How are you today? I am great. Have you had a good one so I've far? I've had a great day. Spent a, a lot of good time with some family, which is always fun. And then uh, now I get to come talk football and basketball with you. So good times. It's, uh, yeah, that's what we do. And real estate, because we're here at Homie. Of course. You want to explain to the folks who may not know uh, about Homie? Go to Homie.com. Find out what they can do for you. They can save you thousands. They do real estate different. Of course, Gordon, if you're buying or selling a home, they can help you out and uh, and save. Uh, they also have Homie title. They have Homie loans. So they can be with, uh, with you throughout the entire process. We'll be talking all about it uh, throughout the show. But when we're talking, you know, Either small homes or bigger homes, palatial estates, if you will, Gordon. We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars that you could potentially save with Homie. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with saving money, as far as I know. Yeah, you know, it's probably a good thing. Most people like it. I'm, I'm definitely in the money-saving mode. We are, as a, as a family, trying to squirrel it away. However, you're getting close to that point in life where you're going to start turning into, uh, you know, reap the rewards of a hard career worked, Gordon. Are you looking forward to that? Are you encouraging me in that direction? Never. I've been nudged in that direction by a few people who disagree with me through the years. Uh, absolutely not. You're my radio partner. We need to be doing the big show for years. Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of saving money, did you see that story about that CEO out of the, the company in Seattle? And I think they acquired a company in Boise and they're opening an office there where he uh, increased the minimum wage for anyone in his company to $70,000 a year. That's pretty awesome. And, and he took, knocked 90% off his, off his pay. Wow. He was making a million a year. So 90% of that would be, he'd be down to what, a hundred grand a year. And maybe he's already got a bunch of money. I'm sure he know. does. Put so away somewhere. It's no big deal. But I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever heard of. Give it back to the employees. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. You don't hear about that a whole lot. No. And he's been talking a lot about it, apparently. I think his name is Dan Price. And uh, maybe it's, it's good advertising. It's good marketing. 
Because wouldn't you, when you hear that, wouldn't you want to do business with that company? Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. You'd want that company in your community, would you not? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, when you're minimum, when, when, when you're... Your lowest ranking employee is making 70 grand. And what uh, the story goes that he came to that conclusion after he read that. Have you ever seen that thing that said that people who make at least $75,000 a year are reach that threshold of economic happiness? No, I haven't seen that. I could seen buy it, it though. And uh, so he read that and it made a lot of sense. He wanted to make all his employees happy. So he. He bumped up the minimum wage. Now, I'm sure there are some in the company that make more than that, but he certainly has uh, taken uh, some of his remuneration away from himself in order to make it happen, and i got to respect that. No doubt. All right, we have a lot to do on the show today, Gordon. We're going to hear a conversation with George Niang coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, uh, a player that's played his way onto the Jazz, Gordon, and I, I actually expect him to play – uh, a pretty big role. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to be starting at any point during the year. But he's a guy who can come off and and make those corner threes and kind of be that, uh, you know, stretch four that we're talking about all the time. And uh, he had some good moments for the Jazz last year, and I expect his role to be a little more this year. Yeah, and he talked about that in the interview. He talked about versatility. He talked about shooting, how how he has become a better shooter, the, the whole development program within the Jazz organization talked about Quinn Snyder he talked about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert he talked about the optimism around the jazz talked about all kinds of stuff that I think our listeners will find really interesting and uh, if you've heard George in the past he's quite articulate he really is uh, a pleasure to talk to and to listen to so Got that to look forward to. Top of the 5 o'clock hour for that. Uh, Mike Leach was on the station today. He was on with Hans and Scotty. And we thought we'd revisit that conversation at 4 o'clock because he said, uh, <laughs> you know, a typical Mike Leach interview. They, he was definitely insightful on football and the upcoming game. But then, you know, things got a little got a little loose. Well, they always do. They always do. Every time I've talked to Mike Leach a handful of times, uh, one-on-one, and it has never ceased to be fascinating to me. And I've interviewed, as I've told you before, I, I've probably, I've tried to figure out how many people I've interviewed in my career. And it's, you know, somewhere between five and 10,000, something like that. I don't know. It's in there somewhere, 40 years. And uh, Mike Leach may be one of the most fascinating individuals I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing. I don't always agree with him. And uh, I'm not saying he's perfect. But he's fun to talk to. You know what I think he does? Uh, Scotty and Hans were kind of debating what makes him the way he is in interviews and that sort of thing. And you know what I think he does? I think he gives you the most literal answer to your question. That he's he thinks about it and gives you his honest, most literal answer <laughs> to your question. Like they asked him today who he would have play himself in a movie. And he really gave it some deep thought. And he talked about it. He's like, you know, I've been asked that a few times before. And he really thought about it and then delivered an answer, his, his literal, genuine opinion. Who did he come up with? Uh, he said, um, oh, why, why am I going uh, blank? Gross point blank. Uh, that guy. Um, uh, let, oh. Uh, Boston. Who am I? Uh, I know who you're talking about. He has a sister who's also an, an actress. No, but Fred Rogers. 
That's going to drive us crazy now. John Cusack. A, John yeah, Cusack. Cusack. Thank yep. you. That's uh, that's who he said. That's a good answer. I. You know what? I I would never have picked that. But I, after thinking about it, I thought, you know what? That's not bad. And that's something he's actually given consideration <laughs> and gives you his honest yeah. answer. Jake, as I said, I've talked with him uh, numerous times, and uh, that is a great observation because I think it's right on the money. You see, because it's almost as though when someone comes up with the answers he comes up with and the responses, you think, okay, he's playing a game here. You know, he's concocting this stuff. But I think it's sincere. I think it's earnest. He's actually answering your question. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that makes it that much better. Well, especially since we're so used to hearing coach speak out of out of coaches where it's really the same stuff, uh, you know, over and over again. Like uh, a lot of coaches, I think, would have dismissed a question like, who would play yeah. you in a movie? They'd say, yeah. oh, I'm not here. I'm just oh, here to coach uh, football or oh, whatever. Saban. You know. Can you imagine right. that? Yeah, yeah. No, Michael, he'll think about it and he'll give you a literal, honest answer. Hmm. Yeah, and then he, he'll explain it. <laughs> he'll give you a reason why he gave he gave Scotty a twenty minute answer on what I think maybe not literally twenty, but on what um, his favorite city was to go to in college football and within the conference. And he went through every city in college in <laughs> in uh, the conference, and then answered LSU and gave a real in depth uh, answer as to why he liked Baton Rouge. I mean, it was it. it He's, he's telling you what he thinks, and he's doing it in great detail because, uh, you know, he, I figure he can't. I've been to Baton Rouge. I can't wait to hear why. He why talked about he pick Baton Rouge. Well, because he, uh, he, he. Does he want to sail up on a pirate ship? No, he, he qualified it with this. He even explained this. Gordon, he said, <laughs> I, I don't spend any time in these cities. I go to the. You know, I go to the facilities in the arena, and then I get on the plane and I go back. So he's like talking more about his. His experience in the so venue it itself. With, so it has to do with the food? No. Or it has to do with the crowd in, in Death Valley? He, he used all sorts of uh, stuff he judged by. He talked about commute from the airport. He talked about <laughs> police escorts. He, he, he talked about the fans. Also. I mean, it's just it it's just there's nothing like it. But that's what I was trying to put my finger on what what Mike Leach yeah. does. And that's, I think that's really good. He'll give you a he'll give you a literal, honest answer, thought out. Yeah. To the greatest detail. And that is unlike most coaches. Oh, no coaches do that. Yeah. Yeah. And most coaches, you know what? I'm sure they get tired of it. Uh, you know, being you know, asked question after question. You know, after question. really good in that regard. Uh, maybe not in a far afield kind of way that uh, Mike Leach is, but uh, Quinn Snyder. You ask him a question and he gives you a thorough answer. And okay. if you pay close attention to what he says – you learn something. I think he's that way, too. So we have a lot to do on the show today here at Homie. Check them out, homie.com. But, Gordon, let's get to the split story of the day. Austin, if you please. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Mike Leach, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5-1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's your message to a team after after a difficult loss like you had against UCLA? Uh, you just have to stick together and keep doing the good things you're doing and doing better, you know? I mean, <clears throat> we played a half that I don't know if anybody else in the country can play, and we played another half that 
we would lose to virtually anybody in the country if we played like that. So it was quite a contrast. What are some of the difficulties or the challenges of playing in this stadium here in Salt Lake City? Uh, it's a really nice spot. I mean, it's uh, the uh, it's a real pretty stadium. You got the mountains in the background. Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't really feel like we're playing against that stadium very much. They always have, they've always had good crowds, and and most of them seem to be youth fans. So, you know. <laughs> so, so you know, we don't really now. Okay, now if you heard just that answer, would you hire Mike Leach? Probably not. <laughs> But he's unconventional. That's what that's what he does. It was interesting. He says, "I don't feel like we play against that stadium very much." Yeah, I, I don't know if there's uh, some meaning to be taken out of oh, that. There is, and, that, but that has nothing to do with the performance on the field. I thought it was his his first answer. I thought was was intriguing for sure. Where he said, "We played a half of football that nobody else in the country may be capable of playing," and then we played a half of football where we'd get beat by pretty much anybody in the country. And that was describing to a T what happened in that game. And it's for uh, any opponent for uh, the Cougars, better pay attention to that answer. Because if Washington State play puts two halves together on the positive side, watch out. Watch out. That offense is so explosive and so difficult to contain. I mean, they are the number one passing team in the country for a reason, man. They can do it. And it reminds me of those old BYU teams when you had Steve Young and Jim McMahon and Mark Wilson and Gifford Nielsen, uh, the greats back in the day where defenses really struggled to stop. And they had the personnel to pull it off. And we talked to you yesterday about the string of quarterbacks the, uh, the, that Washington State has had. These guys are talented, and they know the system, and so do the other players. So uh, the Utes have their hands full. The Utes have their hands full on Saturday night. This is going to be a very difficult challenge for them. I was listening to Hans and Scotty and Frank as I was coming in, and they were talking about over-under on uh, passing yards. And I think Scotty put it at 399 uh, for Anthony Gordon. And that is a low number for him. He That's the lowest by, by a considerable amount that he's had all year. He had 500-plus yards last week. And in the other games, he's had 400 and some. And the Utes have shown a propensity to give up yardage in that regard. I mean, what they saw against USC, and here's another thing, because somebody said, I forget who it was, they said that they compared Kyle Whittingham's preparation for Washington State to Kyle Whittingham's preparation in the old days for Air Force. We talked about it on Monday. You and I did. He said it, uh, Kyle himself said it at his press conference. Yeah, and that they have worked on this. Uh, but uh, uh, that's a little confusing to me because why didn't they work on it against USC? I'm sure they did work. It's on the it same offense essentially. USC. I mean, it's a little. It's got some twer- uh, some some various tweaks that are different and court. very different personnel right, too. Right. But yeah, but uh, and those wide receivers are so athletic. I get that, but it's kind of a similar approach. So you think the Utes would have been well prepared to slow down the Trojans, Graham Harrell's offense, and uh, 
uh, didn't look that way, not through the air. No, and I expect Utah to tighten that up and be better defensively, but I do agree. I mean, Washington State's going to score points. They, they do. They score points. I mean, how many points does Utah have to get to realistically in your mind for them to win the game? High 30s. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm about on the same page. I was thinking maybe 35 or above was kind of what I was thinking. So Utah's going to have to score. And I, I, there's a lot of rumors out there. So I want to flip over on the other side of the ball because I think Utah's potency on offense might be actually what decides this game. Because I don't expect Utah to have a duplicate performance defensively. Maybe they're not going to be perfect and maybe they give up in the 30s. But I don't expect them to give up in the 50s. I don't think that's the case. But now the pressure is on the offense. Can they get to that 35 mark or can they get to 38? And, uh, you know, there's rumors about Zach Moss, rumors about Tyler Huntley, uh, you know, but I want to focus on the Zach Moss rumor for a second. Let's say he doesn't play. This might be the game, Gordon, where I find out, I finally get my question answered about the wide receivers. They're a relatively, you know, knock on wood, healthy bunch right now. They've got four maybe five that have been talked about at great length that that we're waiting to see if they could break out brian thompson jalen dixon you know maybe somebody would would argue that some of these have already broken out i don't know but this might be the game where they the receivers really need to step up and ball out and what i wonder if you have written covey well there's internet rumors out about Britton yeah. covey too but i i don't think he's played at his best this year it, it, it's a great question jake about the those receivers because i agree with you there were question marks about them before the season began and those question marks still they remain solomon Edis is somebody i've been really wanting to see break out and i don't think we've seen that in fact didn't he get a holding penalty last week against usc Pretty sure he did. That's not the reason you wanted to hear his name. Right. Exactly. So there's, there's this list of four or five guys that were like, okay, we've heard good things. The coaches have kind of said good things, but we're waiting to see if they've got that dynamic. That might be what is necessary in this game. Those guys to go out there and really make some big time plays because Utah's going to have to score some points. Yeah. I think that's got to happen. And, and Brumfield, Frank put it. Uh, great uh, perfectly when he joined us uh, what was that yesterday yeah yesterday when Frank uh, jumped on with us Zach Moss makes that running back group special yeah without Zach they're good Mm -hmm. and they're gonna do their job I have no doubt but it might take a little bit more than that we we might need to see some dynamic play on the outside and see what those guys are really made of so how many passing attempts are you looking at for Tyler Huntley if if he's completely healthy See, ideally, I still don't think it's over, you know, low twenties. Uh, but though, I'd like. So you, you think they're going to run the ball? I do, but I'd like to see some dynamic, some big time plays. And I'm not even just talking about like go routes. I'm talking about can you turn, you know, a slant or something like that into a, a twenty yard play and make a guy miss and and turn it into you know those what did uh, what they used to call them chunk plays? Yeah, chunk uh, that. See them, you know, doesn't Brian Thompson or Jalen Dixon, those guys that we've heard all about this speed, Mike Willich is all about speed and space. Get him out into a little space and let him make a play. Turn a turn an eight-yard pass into a 30-yard gain. You know, that sort of thing I think would make a huge difference, and then you give them a steady dose of the run to do the rest. Maybe they could uh, you know, dial up on uh, COC Mariner. Oh. Well, he's making big plays uh, a little further north up the state there, Gordo. Oh. Funny how a change of scenery and a change of quarterback and a change of offensive philosophy, the effect it can have on a wide receiver, huh? 
Well, he's got a good one throwing him the ball. It doesn't hurt. Um, and Tyler so, so, Huntley has looked, looked good enough this year that he can go out and do some efficient. of this stuff. He's yeah. been efficient. Right. You complained last week that he was running for his life too much. Well, uh, listen, if they're just having trouble picking up one move, you know, tape a Band-Aid on that, he should be fine, right? And, and Washington State, by the way, has not exactly been, you know, running over folks defensively. So I would hope the line would have a bounce back night, right? So then before the season started, you sort of circled the breakdown of offensive plays at 35% pass and 65% run, right? Uh, yes. Is that what you uh-huh. – somebody I, had mentioned that. Zach Moss had mentioned yeah. that, and I agree. Mm-hmm. So do you think that percentage will remain for this particular game? Even though, because you, you just said you didn't expect Tyler Huntley to throw more than low twenties in passing attempts, so you think they're going to keep that percentage uh, constant? Are they behind? Well, I, I, I don't know. See, I think that'll make all the difference because they'll still run the ball a lot if you know the game's close because they don't want that offense on the field. So they'll they'll give them chew up yardage, and yardage time and time clock. and all that. Yeah, I mean they don't want. You know, they want a steady dose of the run uh, if they're, you know, if it's not a big deficit because they want to keep them off the field. I'm, try- I, I'm trying to remember. Short you know, game. What was the possession breakdown uh, against USC? I got it here. Hold on. Let me, let me, uh, let me find it. Let's see. Say something smart. I'm, I'm doing my best to say something smart, but it's really difficult when you put me on, uh, you know, put me on the spot like that there. Possession Gordon. time. USC. 38 and change, and Utah – no, no, it was the other way around. Possession time, Utah 38 and change, USC 21 and change. Yeah. So that really didn't work <laughs> against them, right? Well, it, you could make an argument that it did work and that if Utah had made fewer mistakes, they wouldn't have lost a game. It, it's funny because that, that game against SC had those big plays – that made the difference for the Trojans, but that's what Washington State is all about, right? Uh, there were it, it was kind of like elements of what happened uh, partially in the Washington State UCLA game, not as often and not as many craziness as much craziness, but there there were those big plays that made a big difference in the game, and so the Utes will obviously have to limit that. Uh, Cody on Twitter makes a good point, too. He says, isn't the weather supposed to be rainy? Wouldn't you expect uh, more runs by both teams? And that could uh, could be true. But I remember a few years ago at Rice-Eccles Stadium uh, when Utah lost. They had that big lead and Washington State came back. And Drez Anderson had dropped that it. deep pass yeah. right mm-hmm. in the bread basket and dropped it. Was, I mean, what was that, 28-27? Passes are still going to matter. But I, I agree with Cody. I, the weather will probably you know encourage them to keep the run part of the ball game as well. It is a big old besmirchment on Utah football that they have lost to the Cougars four straight times. Yeah, I haven't beat them in six years. That's that is. I mean, that's unusual for what the Utes do. Yeah, that's not usually true. they respond pretty well to a team that beats them 
and uh, this is a real problem area. Hence the the emphasis that uh, Hans and Scotty and Frank were talking about. All right, we are live at one of our very favorite places. We're here hanging out with our friends at Homie. Check them out, homie.com. And Emily joins us now. First of all, thank you for having us. It's great to see you. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Uh, I, I love it that uh, Homie title, they've got their own space over there. This place, uh, Gordon, you said it, it changes pretty much every time we drop There's ours. so much business going on here. <laughs> yeah, that... we're just growing and growing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about, uh, of course, the basics, kind of what Homie does and how you can save our listeners money and then we'll kind of get into a little bit how you do it yeah so we are here to not charge the high commissions you traditionally pay when you hire an agent um we are still a brokerage so we're still going to give you all the full support the full service but for a fraction of the price so fifteen hundred dollars when you go to sell your home instead of usually you'd pay your agent three percent to list it and then when you buy we'll give you up to five thousand dollars of available commissions back too towards closing costs so we're saving you money on both sides so how do you make money then is it just <laughs> out of volume good question yeah volume helps um and then also we do homey loans and even though we have about half of the rates that you normally would get charged for loans we still make some money there so it's volume and then stacking the businesses. But we are a one-stop shop, which is what we want to be, so that people can come, sell, buy, do a loan, do their title, and not have to go a million different places. So you save individuals money, mm-hmm. but you save so many individuals money uh-huh. that you get yours, too. Yes, yeah. So we're not going out of business, but we are saving people tons of money, too. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. And people I, I know out there, Homie has a, a certainly a tech component to it, and mm-hmm. people get frightened, like, oh, am I going to have to do this myself? That <laughs> That is 100% not the case. 100%. So we do have tech that enables you to do things. Um, A lot of the busy work is taken up by tech, but we have humans on the other side of the screen. Our agents are with you every step of the way. They're just a phone call, a text, an email, a FaceTime away. But you are definitely not alone, which is great. Awesome. Check them out, homie.com. Find out how they can save you buying or selling a home. Of course, homie loans and uh, homie title as well. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, more Big Show coming up straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Joined now by Riley Nelson. How do you make sure that the team doesn't have any form of a letdown because there was such a buildup and now you got Toledo, which obviously is not a premier program on the level of SC in Washington? It should be pretty easy, at least from my point of view. You've got a Toledo opponent that you know can bite you and embarrass you if you let off the gas even a little bit. It doesn't have the extrinsic factors of being a P5, but they're good football teams and they're quality wins that if you can get them help build your resume to being relevant as the season goes on which is the goal for any program catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 presented by wcf insurance reminding you to be careful out there on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network show live from homie check them out homie.com band of the day today the band selected by me brought to you by live nation concerts buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and insight at live nation.com you're gonna you're gonna be negative about my choice today i know you no i'm not you like the band yeah sure 
That didn't sound very sincere. Well, it's not what I would pick, but it's what you picked. (laughs) Not what you would pick. No, I'm not one of those guys who rips other people for their taste in music. I mean, I see that all the time from people. Oh, that sucks. Oh, they are bad. What? It's It's all in the ears of the listener. I think the the band is the best example of a backup band that uh, made good because it was Bob Dylan and the band, and then they separated and they just kept going on as the band. Yeah, it was like Marky Mark and the Fun Bunch, right? Funky Bunch, but sure. Funky Bunch, whatever. Uh, David Locke came on our show. I was kidding about that. I don't, uh, did I, the Funky Bunch continue on? I don't think the Funky Bunch uh, still plays. Mm. They may, but I, I don't know. Did I just compare the Funky Bunch to the band? To the band, you did. I didn't that's, mean to. That's true. I apologize. And, and Mark Wahlberg didn't exactly go on to a uh, you know like a big time music career. Think about how much money he's made as a as a film star. Oh, it was a that was a good move for him. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I bet some of the Funky Bunch is like, hey, bro, what happened? You left us behind. We can't act. <laughs> How, who knew he could well neither can he yeah that's true well, he does, he, he struggle. does well obviously he's in demand yeah i'm sure he's done he's uh, got he's, abs and good hair everyone like that's in demand <laughs> i'm sure he's done fine for himself yeah the the, the box uh, the fighter that was a pretty good movie the mo- it was called the fighter right am i right about that austin the fighter about uh mickey ward with christian bell yeah or was that warrior I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was Mark Wahlberg. It was forgetful. Movie Zone coming up tonight. Well, I kind of like Mark Wahlberg. You know, I, 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 uh, I should be, I guess, ashamed to admit that. I liked Shooter, and I liked Lone Survivor. He's in Did those. you like it, the Italian job? Yeah, I liked the Italian job, yeah. So he's made a few. Fine. <laughs> By the way, big time news tonight on the Movie Zone. I'm not kidding. Oh, one of the one of the best buddy comedies of all time. Big time news that they saved exclusively for the Movie Zone tonight. So wow. tune in in studio How guest. How about that for a tease? Don't miss the Movie Zone every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday right here on the Zone Radio Network. I'd rather hear the specifics. Please tune in. It's a tease. <laughs> He could just hand it out just below the big surprise right here on the big sh- Actually, I'm with Gordon, uh, Austin. Let's do that. Let's let's bump the news up. Uh, no. Who, what's going on? No, I, I'm not telling you. Tune in. <laughs> God. Tune in tonight. All that means is it isn't that great. You, yeah, like uh, the not sports report. <laughs> David Locke joined. Sorry, I've been Or your taste up. in music. I've been saving up on that for a long time because mm-hmm. uh, Austin's been busting my not sports report. <laughs> he has been. Uh, David joined us yesterday. Thought you asked him a good question. Uh, I thought he had an interesting answer. Maybe we could uh, spark a little jazz convo today, Gordon. Uh, but you asked him about kind of Quinn Snyder's ability to get everybody to be on the same page, mm-hmm. and it, David kind of took it uh, to the next level. Like that, that might be a big issue because some folks are going to be asked to do different things. Some players are going to be asked to, to sacrifice. Some players uh, might not be able to sacrifice, but talked about, I, I thought David was interesting because he talked about how NBA players, when they get theirs or where they get their shots or those sorts of things, they, they believe that they're helping the team. And that's why sometimes it's hard to get 
players to sacrifice maybe a few shots for the betterment of the team because they think they're actually helping the team. Which is how they got to the NBA in the first place. But I think the way the Jazz choose to do this or how effective they are at getting these players to play their roles, even if it means some fewer shots, I I think is absolutely going to determine the ceiling of this team. I thought it was a really interesting conversation yesterday. Well, it's a, it's uh, I happen to have talked with a, uh, a jazz player since David said that, and so I asked him that direct question, and uh, we'll get his response later in the show. But uh, it is uh, it is something that needs to be worked out, you know, and it is absent so often amongst teams around the league. But I, at some level, the great teams have to have some of it even though they usually have a great player as well. But think about, think about some of the, the great moments when, when Jordan passed the ball to Steve Kerr and he had to hit a big shot. Or who else hit a big shot? To Paxson? E.J. Armstrong hit one. Yeah, one of those I mean, years. yeah so you've got to have contributions all around, even if you have a couple of absolutely great players. And you need a guy like Scottie Pippen who probably scored – could score 28 a game, yeah. figure out how he best fits in next to, you know, Michael Jordan. That's and, a great example. And maybe it's easy to take a backseat to Michael Jordan because he's Michael Jordan. But I'm sure along the way, Scotty's thinking to himself, well, if I and, – and we saw when, when Michael left the Bulls, the Bulls were still good. And Scotty was putting up a ton of points. But he had to figure out how he best fit next to Michael in order for those teams to be great. And he probably could have scored. I, we'd have to look up uh, how many points per game he scored over his career, but he, he probably could have been a oh, could have been 27, more. 28 point a night guy or 26 at least, right? But no. he had to figure out how they were going to win. Although in that moment, remember when he refused to go in the game or something? What happened that time with Scotty? He did something really selfish. Well, Tony Kukoc was going to get – they called the play for Tony Kukoc, and he didn't come – if memory serves, he didn't get off the bench and come into the game. That's that's not the typical behavior of an unselfish player. But maybe he had spent so much time being unselfish that he finally snapped. Well, that actually really plays well into this conversation because that one is when Michael was playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that team, he probably thought, I'm the man. I'm the guy. And all those years I have been doing those other things, well, you know. Nobody was calling plays for me when Michael was around. Right, exactly. So that (laughs) that might actually play into into a little bit what we're talking about. And then Michael comes back and Scotty goes, well. Another example of that in jazz history is Jeff Hornacek. That's a great example. Hornacek could have scored all kinds of points, but he didn't have plays called for him. He was an all-star in Phoenix, and I believe he was the number one when he played for Philly. I don't know if he was an all-star in Philly, but he was the number one option for those Philly teams. Yeah, and that was a bad Philly team, uh, and he wanted to get out of there in a bad way. But he was extremely unselfish with the Jazz and yet played a key role in their improvement to the point where they could go to the NBA Finals. He, How many times did he – he didn't even get credit for an assist, but he – he he tossed the pass that led to an assist that led to a basket it just that kind of basketball savvy helped the jazz enormously and then of course he was pretty good fairly accurate from the field from distance so but he didn't have plays called for him 
And on this particular team, Gordon, and, and maybe correct me if if I'm wrong here, but on this particular team, I think the, the player that I've got my eye on the most is Bojan Bogdanovic and how he adjusts to this. Because I think, you know, he took a big step last year in Indiana and he averaged 18 points. And actually in the back part of the season, he averaged something like 21 mm-hmm. uh, to 22 when, when he was the guy yeah. and, and Oladipo went down. He's not going to do that, I don't think, on this but, Jazz team. But what's the, you know does he do what it takes to be a part of, of a team that can do something extraordinary? My answer to that is look at the playoffs last year when the Jazz had their star players, but nobody could find the basket. How handy would, would Bogdanovich be in that situation? So I think maybe the averages will come down a little bit for some of the players, but on those nights they are needed, they, they will be huge. There will be a night when he scores 30 points for the Jazz. Oh, I, I would agree with that, yeah. certainly. Mm-hmm. And there will be other nights when he scores 12. So how does he respond to those yeah. 12 points, you know, those games? But he was seeking out this opportunity. He was. He wanted to come here. And I'm sure that Quinn Snyder is having conversations with these guys or Will about about this very thing. And when I talked with Quinn once, and he used a word that was really surprising to me. Maybe I should write about this at some point. But he, he used the word kindness. Kindness? I've never heard a coach use that word before. <laughs> Certainly not Jerry Sloan. Well, he was talking about inner team relationships. Mm. And it transcends to the floor as well. It's it, having that quality to your team is re- really important, especially in this particular situation. Yep. And what David was, was getting at is will the players listen? I think Quinn is fairly persuasive, and he will explain these things to the players so that they can understand that their contribution on any given night may not be reflected in their point totals. Now, an agent might say, wait a second, his salary is based on (laughs) statistics. But I don't know. I think salaries are also based on whether a team wins or not and to what level. And so he might be able to point to the fact that, hey, you can you can contend for a title, but not if you average 30 points a night. If you're willing to, to score 30 on one night when necessary and willing to go, you know, for nine assists and 10 points on a given night on another night. So uh, it'll be this is one of the reasons this. This whole season is so so fascinating for all of us. All right, we're live at homie.com. We'll have more big show coming up straight ahead. We'll let you hear Mike Leach. He was on the station with Hanson Scotty uh, coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. George and Yang, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Will Snowden joins us. Reaction to the news that the the rivalry will be going away for a couple years. Uh, you know, whenever you hear that, it's a little disappointing, but college football is a big business. If we actually just stay in reality that this is a business, you're not going to get your feelings hurt over the rivalry. I mean, obviously I want to see it, but I understand it, it doesn't upset me to the point where it's like, you know, I'm going to lose a bunch of sleep over it. It is what it is. It's a business, and Utah's got to do what they think is best to uh, build their their brand, just like BYU has to do what they think is best to build their brand. I think it'll be okay. 
Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Tony. Oh, turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You and me both, Austin. You and me both, buddy. We are live at Homie. Check them out, homie.com. Find out what they can do for you. Save you money, that's what. Also want to remind you, if you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit restore.com for more details. Uh, Gordon, we're going to uh, replay the interview Mike Leach did from earlier in the day with Hanson Scotty at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. George Niang and his conversation with Gordon at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And we're, we're hoping, and I don't want to jinx it, but we're hoping for a, a big guest at uh, 4.30 to talk a little college football. But Austin's, Austin's got some irons in the fire out there and uh, should be a good one, hopefully, knocking on wood coming yeah, up at 4.30. Well, all of that is really, uh, really something to look forward to. Uh, real quick here, Gordon. Did you see that uh, Eric Weddle, of all people, mixed it up with uh, uh, Antonio Brown on Twitter today? Uh, I did not hear that. What was the uh, nature of the back and forth? I'll try to I'll try to do this as best I can. But uh, Antonio Brown tweeted out uh, a tweet that says, "The game need me. I'm like test answers." Whatever that means. Other than he, it did enroll at Central Michigan again. I don't know if you saw that, but we we all need. The right test answers, right? Although that would be cheating. So Golden Tate tweeted out, what? Like, what does that mean? And Eric Weddle actually responded to Golden Tate and said, def, def don't. Like, definitely don't. I don't know what, what Eric was going for. Uh, some other guy responded and said, uh, Weddle, basically, you can't guard AB over the top. And Eric Weddle said, don't need to isn't on a team, which is, is pretty darn hilarious. <laughs> to which uh, Antonio Brown retweeted Eric uh, and his not on a team and said, you need some attention, little man. Glad I put that stuff arm, I think he means stiff arm, uh-huh. in your neck in Pittsburgh. You deserved it, Lil Weedle. <laughs> okay. Then uh, to which Eric Weddle responded. He is going to be taking technical writing, by the way, so he'll uh, improve that. Let's hope so. Uh, Weddle responded, ha, 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 A.B., when are you going to learn that it isn't about you, never was, and never will be, got a game to get ready for, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> to, to which uh, uh, Antonio Brown retweeted Eric's uh, response and said, bro, I don't even know you. Don't call me A.B. That's my NFL name, dummy. I'm not on your team, never been, shut your mouth, jabroni. Uh, all right. Well, it, Eric had one more response. Oh, you want one yeah. more? Uh-huh. Okay. Says, you're not making any sense, bud. Glad you're not on my team. Call yourself whatever you want. Doesn't matter one bit to me. Good luck at CMU, my bro. 
Eric Weddle is one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. I mean, he is a terrific guy all the way around. And uh, I think he's probably got a little higher ground to stand on here, don't you? I like that guy who talked trash to him and said, uh, you could never cover AB. And he says, don't need to. He isn't on a team. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Weddle's had a fantastic career, man. That's pretty hilarious. The guy... Uh, I mean, he could cover darn near everybody, at least within the context of what he needed to do. So that's what Eric Weddle has been doing, busy trolling AB on Twitter. Doesn't need to. I don't need to. He's not on a team. (laughs) And then he comes back. We've got a game to get ready for. (laughs) See ya. Uh, So that's pretty hilarious. There, There you go. That's what Eric Weddle's been up to today. Yeah, well, good for him. All right, we'll let you hear that Mike Leach conversation coming up right around the corner. But joining us now, our friend Emily from Homie. Check him out at homie.com. And let, let's focus a little bit on the, the great realtors that you have here. The people think, you know, maybe I'm not going to get the customer service and that sort of thing I need. That couldn't be further from the case. Oh, so true. Yeah, they get constant support from the time they sign up from all of our amazing agents our support team all the way through the end of closing now that we do homie title so we do have tech but we have amazing people behind the scene and you've got people that as, a, as opposed to uh, a, a, your traditional realtor who has to kind of be a, a pro in all sorts of different fields mm-hmm. your homie agents are each focused on what they do and they do it all the time and so they're absolute experts oh totally so we have our agents who are experts at negotiating contracts we have our marketing team who will market the homes for the people where a traditional agent has to be the marketer the contract negotiator everything we do it all we have sign installers we have professional photographers that go out so we really segment it all so you get the best of the best for each section of the process so emily let me get this straight that would mean that your clientele they're not homie alone (laughs) <laughs> that's so good they are not homie alone you're pretty proud of yourself over there no, no, that's a good one that's a really good one but that's something that you know people might have that impression from somewhere uh and uh, it's important for them to know that you know this is a fairly complex transaction mm-hmm. whatever end of it you're on and so they do have the support they need yeah and you know to be honest a few years ago when we started we were for sell by owner so we were a platform to help people who wanted to do by themselves but then two years ago we became a brokerage because we realized we could help our clients so much more by being licensed so we are still trying to get away from the whole doing it yourself stigma we had but we are full service they are not homie alone <laughs> well done that was a good one you you're get credit for that yeah. No, yeah. Really. So if you're buying if you're buying a home you can get up to $5,000 back could mm-hmm. help you with something like closing costs. Yeah. And you'll sell a home for a flat 1500 bucks. Yes, we will. So you'll save money all around. Get Macaulay Culkin in here. Right? <laughs> Homie.com, check it out for yourself, Emily. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll let you hear from Coach Leach next 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. There's some games at Utah scheduled that make no sense to me. Like, you shouldn't be doing a home-and-home with a Wyoming. San Diego State? That makes sense to me. Dropping BYU for Florida? Yes, that makes sense to me. So I look at it from a few different positions because I've, I've been there as a player. I'm calling mom and dad as a sophomore, and I'm saying, hey, get your tickets. We're going out to Gainesville. We're going to go see the Swamp. As a Utah fan, I'm looking at this game in a couple years, and I'm like, oh, that's an amazing experience. Yeah. I get to go down and watch 
watch my Utes against the Gators in that stadium, and then the following year, I've got the Gators coming to Rice-Eccles Stadium, an SEC powerhouse, a national treasure when it comes to college football. It's a no-brainer. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.